All right, good morning, everybody. This is the Playmore Podcast, episode 34 already. And I'm Jay, I'm your host. Again, this is brought to you by Play It Again Sports in Kennesaw, Georgia. So we're getting ready for the holiday seasons. We got a season, we got all our fitness equipment in. And just a reminder, we'll, we'll pay you for your stuff that you're not using. So come on, man, clean out your garage and, and bring it to us. Uh, but uh, they can play more. I got a chance to meet uh, my next guest, Mr. Jim Barry. Welcome, Jim. Good morning. Welcome, Jay. Yeah, man. And uh, uh, this gentleman just retired. And uh, I thought, holy cow, you just retired. You've, you've grounded out. You were a teacher? I taught for 30 years up just north of Atlanta in Cherokee County. All right. Um, my career had basically two distinct chapters. The first 13 years, I was a band and orchestra director okay. because all, all three of my degrees are in music education. Right. However, my whole life I've been a geek and computer geek. I was the first one um, into the video game generation. Um, I wanted to take things apart, put them together. Yeah. Um, I was always curious about how technology works. Yeah. So I couldn't wait to get into my first computer and, you know, just basically take it apart, put it together, figure out how it works. So throughout my, even though I'm obsessed with music and teaching music, all along that time, technology was also a big, um, you know, a factor in my life. Okay. So after the 13 years of teaching music, I got a chance to try something new, a new challenge to work with technology in the same school district. It was kind of a lateral slide, okay. yeah. and um, I spent the last 17 years as an instructional technology specialist. And what that means is I would go into all types of um, audiences from kindergartners, eighth graders, teachers, administrators, um, lunch staff, custodians, whatever it is, if it involved computers, software, and hardware. How about So training, yeah. It takes all kinds, because that is all just foreign to me. It's <laughs> yeah. so over my head. I'm so technologically challenged. Wow. <laughs> Immediately, we, folks, we were, uh, uh, I've got a little, I've got two speakers here for, and our uh, our sound, what is that thing? Uh, that, that, a mixer. A mixer, yeah, yes. and uh, trying to get the sound right, and uh, Jim just stepped up and started fiddling with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I used to play in a, in a rock and roll band, and I was the guy in charge of setting that up for the band. Oh. So, and plus, when I taught music, we would have concerts, and we would often need, you know, the PA system. So I'm kind of familiar with the basics of how that works. Yeah, too. That's awesome. Well, you know, when you when you came uh, you came in and you and you said you retired, I just kind of like let out a gasp. And I, <laughs> oh man, I'll probably be working until <laughs> the day I croak, you know. But uh, uh, you know, my immediate concern because I, I think I even said to you like, oh my gosh, don't stop working. People die within five years. You're I know. You know. And then and immediately you started sharing how. You're getting almost busier now, right. and and, uh, and more active, and things going on. So I think that's super inspiring, and and I really, in my heart of hearts, think that's we constantly have to be doing something, or definitely, or, or we get five years. I think and we're back done. to my mom. Uh, she just turned ninety, wow. and she drives people to church who are in their seventies and can't drive. She is clear as a bell. She still corrects my grammar. And she is just on it. And and people often ask her, you know, what's the key to living into your 90s the way you have? And she says, 
always have a mission, always have a reason to get up and get out of bed and go. And you can have those days where you just chill out on the couch and maybe, you know, binge watch Netflix. But you've got to have that constant mission in a routine. Every Tuesday, she goes to St. Joseph's Hospital and volunteers, and she just walks around and drops in on guests because she's a former nurse, and she just enjoys it. Uh, so I'm inspired secret by Secret to longevity right there, isn't it? I think so. A reason to get up in the morning. Um, you Sometimes you'll drive down the road, and you'll see somebody sitting on their front porch in a rocking chair just watching the cars go by, and I think, I wonder if they're watching retired. Watching the world go by. Watching the world go by. And like you said, you know, I, I strongly believe in what you said, that if you don't have that mission, um, I don't think you're going to live as long because we need that engine in our life to keep going. Something to look forward to. And you to. probably noticed I was more excited to tell you about, about, my, about my post-retirement yeah. than about what I had done for 30 years. But I'm, I'm super excited. It's to just the next year, chapter. It's not stopping. It's the next chapter. I couldn't be more excited. I mean, God has put me in a place that I could not have written the script any better than what's happening right now. I hope it continues. If it doesn't, something else will come along my way, and I believe it'll be positive. Joe Walsh <laughs> of Eagles fame. Yeah, yeah. What was uh, he was talking to you in that doc, great documentary, The History of the Eagles? Uh, but he was talking about you know his life at the time. Just felt like it was just chaos and bouncing around from one deal to another, and with no rhyme or reason, and yes. just explosions here and there, and yes. chaos. And then, and then looking back on it, it looks like the most beautifully well written script. And it all makes sense, you know. Right. <laughs> Depends on which direction you're looking. The window. <laughs> How about uh, that? How about that? Yeah. So, what are you doing now? You, you've retired. Uh, when did you exactly retire? Okay, so um, I'm, I'm in about the fifth week. Um, Five November first. Well, maybe closer to six. So you're getting that. You're getting a pension. Yeah. So the way it works in public education in most states, I'll give you Georgia's for example. Yeah. Um, Teachers obviously don't make a lot of money, but the benefit of being a teacher, if you'll go the 30 years, yeah. is that they look back at your salary over those 30 years and they pick the highest three years. It could have been 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or last year. They find your highest three-year salary mm -hmm. and then they average that and they give you about 60%. But there's a big but to that. You you're thinking 60%, wow, that's pretty harsh, right? But no, because you're not paying Social Security anymore. I think that's anymore. amazing. Oh, I know. And so you're not paying Social Security anymore. For me, that was about 450 a month. Yeah. That goes away. Yeah. And you're not paying into the retirement system anymore. That was another 450 a month. So you can just oh. throw 900 back in my pot monthly. Nice. And I'm going to come out pretty close. So most... And, and you have full benefits. Yes, your your coverage, your health benefits coverage goes forward. They they redirect you into the dental and the vision and the life insurance. But I'm working through all that right now. So most teachers. And so so you had, uh, uh, I guess, uh, pre-tax dollars set aside when you were teaching to yes. go towards the your health benefits. Is that still the case? Do they they pull out, or are you like clean and clear? You just Full well, benefits. Well, you know, um, the school system is probably the largest government entity in the state. Okay. 
Okay. That's why you remember back in the 2008 when we went through that recession? Yeah, um, the state, oh my gosh. Well, what was the Still first thing the state it. did? They furloughed teachers because it's the easiest way to get back money because it's an enormous collection of people, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about hundreds of thousands. And so, um, Again, what does that mean, furlough, for the people who... Oh, listen? for if, you, if you've never heard the term furlough, basically what that means is we want you to come into work, and every year it was a diff different number of furlough days. So they said, we've done our budget, our annual budget. Unfortunately, we're going to have to impose four furlough days on teachers. What that means is you still go to work, mm -hmm. But Just you don't, don't get paid. paid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's it's harsh. But it, it went. And, and those of you that remember the 2008, 2009, the the big you know home lending chaos. Uh, my home value went from two hundred thousand down to eighty thousand. And and now we're back up. You know, I'm back up more than um, two hundred thousand. So things are looking good now. But back in around two thousand eight, it was pretty harsh. And so, um, but yeah. So your um, health care benefits are very cheap monthly premiums because there's so many people in the plan. Mm -hmm. The more people you put into that insurance bucket, the lower your monthlies are. So that's a good thing. And that rolls on after retirement as well. I just have to redirect my uh, vision, dental, and There's still an allotted bit of money that comes out of uh, your income. Exactly. Exactly. Out of your pension. It, it does. And so, um, you but know. what a um, good deal. I it's mean, a great deal. Um, I think teachers deserve it. Teaching is a super 100%. difficult. It's so difficult. Uh, um, I see teachers from a different perspective than most because as an instructional technology specialist, I visit them during their planning time. Now, planning means time for you to organize your life. And teachers are um, are dealt with so much on their plate every day. My challenge to teach instructional technology to them was always that I meet with them during that planning period, maybe once every other week. So the challenge was you need to make that time meaningful because you will be met with a lot of, to, for lack of a better word, anger, resistance, because, you know, why did I just spend 45 minutes with Mr. Barry um, on something I'm not really going to use. So that was always my most important challenge was to make that time with teachers, that very precious little bit of free time they got, yeah. meaningful. And I made that the essence of my, you know, focus. Well, it's interesting. My, my wife uh, works up at the county office and, and, and uh, works on curriculum for, yes. for teachers. And so very similar. And, yeah. uh, and she taught for a while. And, and you're not kidding. I mean, it was every night. Oh my gosh! Every they take work home. Night, taking work home. Yeah. And uh, you know that that's tough because there's, you know, there's different segments in a in a family's life, right? And you yes. know, here these teachers have to, you know, grade papers yes. for hours on end, and it and it's uh, it's a real commitment and a in a yeah. in a it's out of love and passion and, and you know it is if you're right for that they're right for that then it, it's not you know like. In here, I, I feel like I work harder than anybody, but it <laughs> yeah. doesn't feel like work. And so a lot of people, are like, yeah, yeah. coast along, you know. But same for same for teachers. Yes, you know, um, especially yes. the the ones that are, that are in it for a, a minute. And uh, I know, I know. Uh, and another, another thing, thank you. besides besides thank you, besides taking home work almost every night, they also take home um, the 
the thoughts and feelings for, let's say there are 23 students in their classroom, right. some of whom things aren't going so great at home. And by coming to their classroom, they're getting some peace, normalcy, and care uh, that they might not be getting at home. Well, teachers hang on to that. When they drive away from school in the afternoon, sure. they're thinking about those kids. How could you not? Yeah. Oh, I know. It's just, it's just like their children. Yeah. And um, God bless teachers. Just God bless them. They deserve every bit. That's why um, you don't get that much money, but they deserve, after 30 years, to get that pension. Some stability. Uh, yeah, and, and they so deserve it. And a lot of them will come back and they'll substitute teach <laughs> and they'll volunteer to read in the library yeah. because they, they miss it. They need to be around the kids. So I think teachers are super special. I have the utmost um, respect and admiration for teachers. What's your favorite grade to teach? Oh my gosh, fourth grade. What grade did your wife teach? Uh, well, she was a parapro and then she taught in uh, middle school. Okay. Um, now I taught middle school, yeah. band and orchestra, yeah, which I love. Eighth grade, yeah. um, I, I didn't like high school. I, I taught band in high school. I didn't like all the politics, the 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 fundraising, the booster club. The there there was a lot going on other than teaching music. But then I found middle school band and orchestra. Totally loved that. And so, um, but now when I got into instructional technology, I got to teach kindergarten through twelfth grade. And you asked me my favorite fourth graders are precious now first graders kindergartners sixth graders a lot of them are precious yeah. but there's something special right around third and fourth grade where kids are still very very innocent and upbeat and positive and appreciative of us I would get hugs after working in a computer lab with them on the way out thank you mr. Barry and I'd be walking down the hall and they'd come out of line and grab my leg and hug me yeah. and um, you know I I've got to get back in the schools somehow, in some way, I will. I yeah. probably will substitute teach just to be around them again. Yeah, it makes you feel youthful. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it's so funny you mentioned, uh, or I asked that grade and that I was leading that because that is 100% my age group. I couldn't be a teacher. I'm not qualified in any way, <laughs> but that is my favorite age at fourth or fifth maybe. Yes, um, yes. Where, yeah, they're, they're not... Uh, yeah, the they, hormones haven't crept in yet. Yeah. They start to right around the middle of the fifth grade year. But you can talk to them more, not like an adult, but you can talk to them more intelligently. Yes. And, and They love to share. They're yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pure. The totally. Snow. <laughs> love it. Yeah. So, okay, so music. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about music. And, and so you, well, how many instruments do you play? Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm from a family of seven children. Okay. But my mom was a music major briefly. Um, she decided to go into nursing. My father was very into music. He also played instruments. Um, of the seven children, I pr I'm probably the one that um, grasped onto music, you know, as a major part of who I am. Um, when I was really young. Where are you in the. Oh, so I'm um, fifth of seven. So I have two younger siblings. Okay. Yeah. So um, as a very young boy, maybe I was seven or eight years old. I was introduced to the Atlanta Boy Choir. And I mentioned that as a significant part of my life because this is an organization that's been around a long time. It's, it's a very serious musical ensemble uh -huh. um, where you would have to go on Saturdays for music theory. And I remember Saturday morning, beautiful day outside, the kids are outside playing football, and I have to get in the car <laughs> and go downtown and this long drive and go through hours of music theory. My mom told me, 
I would be crying on the way to the music rehearsal, uh-huh. but I would be singing on the way home. Of course. Uh, it was awesome. Mama and the cool best. thing, yeah, mama, she made she wouldn't let me quit. And thank thank God for that. And it it really provided the foundation of the musician that I am today. And um, yeah, it was incredible. And the the quality level. How did she see that uh, in you and maybe not your other siblings? I think because I I was always tinkering on the piano. I was singing. I was obsessed with anything musical. I used to sit in her lap while she played the piano. And I started figuring out what notes she was playing. And she would let me play the left hand of the piano while she played the right hand. We played together, and we still play together. Now that she's 90 years old, I bring her music, and, and we, we sit down and play it together. It's like kind of old-time rag music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the old-time rag. So oh, but that, that Atlanta Boy Choir experience, I got to travel to um, the uh, Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth. I got to go overseas wow. to Germany, France, England um, to perform. This is a, this is a, a special a group. Deal. You, you can look them up, the Atlanta Boy Choir. They play with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra and Chorus um, consistently. This is a high-caliber group. Yeah. So because of that, as I went through the years, I could pick up any instrument and figure it out. I had all that theory. And when I got to college... Um, what does that what I mean, theory? Okay, music theory is all about um, the notes and rhythms as they're written down on paper. You know, you imagine a piece of sheet music. We, a lot of people look at that and go, I have no idea what this is all about. You've got your quarter notes and eighth notes and sixteenth notes and rests and slurs and accents and all of these things that you put on paper to tell a musician how to play the music. Gradually get louder. I need you to accent that note, you know? I want, you know. So all the nuances of how you perform music can be put on paper. We call that music theory. Okay, and it's really fun now because you can do it on a computer online, and even Jay, even you, I could show you in five minutes. You would be writing music. I'm going to show you. I don't want to write music. I just want to play music. <laughs> okay, and can so, you teach me how to play yeah, music? I can. Any anything. Uh, I was on the that's, a, that's seriously that I, I prefer not to say the word can't, and uh, I would say right now I presently struggle with uh, playing an instrument. Uh, do you know how many times I've heard that from adults? All the time, I believe it. Yeah, it's just something I didn't put my focus into, and and I, I'm sure if yeah. I I could hand I, you a guitar right now, a saxophone, I could I could I would be able to tell what it is that you, um, that know which instrument you, might you, be better for might me. be better for you. Um, I was on the plane last night coming back from Dallas, and I was sitting next to a total stranger, but we we hit it off right away, just talking, yeah. and um, he he found out that I was a band he a band director, and he goes, oh, I was on band, I loved band. I said, what'd you play? And he said, saxophone. I go, I, oh, yeah. In junior high. I, and I, oh, really? And I, and I said, let me let you in on some band director secrets. Do you want to hear a couple? <laughs> oh, okay. gosh. This, this is really kind of funny. Um, so when you are a band director, especially as, as beginning band students, you're going to the elementary schools to, to get together interest. And you might take a bunch of instruments and let them try them. And, you know, and they'll pick up I the I remember flute. doing that. Uh-huh. Play a note here. Going into junior high, that's yes. what we did. You we, did that. And they call it instrument testing. Okay. It's, it's the way that the director will... <laughs> Try to guide the student to an instrument that might suit them better. Yeah. Um, someone who has <clears throat> asthma, for example, probably shouldn't play the flute because there's a lot of wasted air in the flute. Oh, okay, okay. Um, percussionist. The problem with percussion is that so many people want to play drums, but you can't have that many in a band. If I had a program of 300 kids, okay, Everyone I might only drums, need yeah. um, 
15 to 20 to be percussionists because that's a lot of volume and you only need a few in a band. So we had a lot of... Uh, so what suited for them and what suited for the There's the balance. Is, is the, the director, you can't have a whole, you know, 100 tubas. Sorry, you look like a good drummer, but we need a... So we would do a rhythm an oboe test. player. <laughs> we would do a rhythm test. And so here's some funny things that happen with that. Um, often, guess who would always win the rhythm test? Cheerleaders. Oh. Why? Sure. Yeah, Why, Jay? Working me... on the... Well, what are cheerleaders exactly? Yeah. And so, but here's the ironic part. In middle school, and I don't want this to offend anyone, but there are social categories that happen. You can't, you can't escape it. Cheerleaders, and um, what, what happens is there is, um, and this has been true for decades, there is a feeling that band's not cool. Okay, they, yeah. you've, hear, you've heard the term band nerd, band geek. A lot of the kids don't care. They're like, I love music. I'm in band. You can say, but you can call me what you want. Yeah. However, it keeps some people out of it. It, it does, and 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 I get that, and 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 so that's just the way it is, and and so, and nothing against cheerleaders because they're great people, but often they would win the rhythm test, but they would always drop out, Jay, because right. as they got through middle school, looking into high school, their social clique was moving in a different direction, mm-hmm. and their and their friends. Because they're usually very attractive and popular, and their friends would be like, "You band? You're going to go into band?" And and then they would quit. Now I'm not saying I wouldn't choose a cheerleader. I'm not saying that, yeah. but I would say I would look at them very carefully. Like, is this something you feel like you're going to continue? Because I really need you to be committed. And sometimes you would have a cheerleader who whose parents were percussionists or might be taking lessons, and that person would be a great fit. So it's a very so delicate you're building balance. a team, just like a football building coach. a team. You're, yeah, you're out there recruiting, but it has to be balanced. And so some years you've got a crappy team. Well, or, or, or that's you're re, true. You're rebuilding, just like the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> so Jay, you played saxophone, right? I'm uh, on the plane last night. Th- so, so quick story. Yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I I wasn't very good. I didn't put in the time. Uh, um, there were three of uh, uh, three tenor saxes in our middle school yes. band, yes. and. Uh, and I was coming of age, and and, uh, and started to become a little bit of a jerk, and, uh-uh. and uh, you know, trying to be a class clown and stuff. But but basically, the uh, the band director used to get so pissed off at me. <laughs> and one time he said, "What? Uh, you're good enough to be like eighth chair or something?" Oh like yeah, that. <laughs> yes, three of us. In the oh great, great. Uh, but I, nobody's more into the listening of music and band rock and roll than me. I, I can tell by looking around your room. I'm, I'm live it, breathe it. The Beatles. I'm, I'm into uh, I'm in the vinyl here the last. Oh, me too. You know, a bunch of years, and it's consumes me. I love it. Yeah. Um, so I would love to play an instrument. And so one day when I retire or whatever, yeah. that would be the next thing I'd take up were some of the physical things I like to do in a day that, that allot my available free time. Yeah. You know, when, when that craps out or I've run its course on that, then I want to play more yes. doing something like that. Well, here's what I do with a lot of adults. I, I go, what, what, what music, uh, you know, inspires you? And, and I see you have a Beatles poster here. Jay, I... In- name of my, co- my name of my company yeah. is Imagine. Oh. My, you know, when I incorporated... John Lennon. It's Imagine, Jay, DBA, doing business as playing in sports. Okay. 
So here's an example, Jay. I could sit with you at a piano in five minutes and teach you the opening of Let It Be. That's a piano song. Uh, and I'm not kidding. You you might think, no way, Jim. You can't teach me that. Even if I find myself in times of trouble? Oh, I could teach you, and I could teach you to play it exactly the way you hear it on the album. Uh, and and I'm, I'm not kidding. Five <laughs> minutes. Because I've done it to many adults. Uh, and they're like, Jim, this is amazing. When can I, when can I learn the rest? I go, well, keep There's working on that. Yeah, keep yeah. working on that. When you get when you get that, play it over and over again. Mm. I might teach you the first two measures. That means eight beats, you know. But um, I wish I had a piano here I could show you. Oh, we have a little but, one in my house, a little yeah. uh, keyboard, whatever. But um, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll meet again, and I'll bring a little portable one and show you. So. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I talk to a lot of adults that wish they had spent more energy when they were younger. But don't forget, it's, it's not, you're never too old to learn any instrument you want. But, um, but there is one better suited for each person. Yes. So going back to choosing instruments for a band, um, you would find that certain students are, you can look at their lips, their mouth, their, the way they breathe, the way they, their posture, their size um, um, to help find an instrument that they would be comfortable with. And a student who was, this is kind of funny, and no no insult to saxophone players, because I love them, and Jay, you're one. And then the guy on the plane was one, but he laughed at this. I said, when you have a student that just doesn't look comfortable on any particular instrument, put them on saxophone. Here's why. Here's why. If you have a thumb, a left thumb, which most people do, and you have a left index finger, and you can blow... I can teach you to play a B in five seconds. <laughs> so that's, that's what I would do. If they're not sure, let's try a saxophone. Instant success on a saxophone. It's the easiest instrument to start on with success. Okay? One of the more difficult would be the flute. Because, you know, you... My you sister's played the flute. Blow across a Coke bottle to get that little... Hoo, hoo. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of, you know, very intense subtle. technique. Subtle manipulation with their airflow, getting your lips just right. They call that the embouchure, getting your focus. But um, anyway, I miss that. I miss starting kids, their first concert. Oh my gosh, uh, that was magic, uh, their first concert. And um, and teaching drummers. Just my, my goal for drummers. Just, you're, you're hearing all the bad notes. And <laughs> my goal for drummers was always to teach them to play Wipeout by Christmas. Can I play for you? And I would teach that to seventh graders. And then. And I Who doesn't like that song? Yeah, Wipeout. And another thing, before I forget, we were talking about the Beatles. I think musically significant moment in history was the evolution of the video game rock band. Okay, here's why. All of a sudden, I'm walking through a middle school, and I see a kid with a Beatles t-shirt on, and he is 12 years old. Mm. And I'll go up to him and go, give me five, man. Fist pump. How do you know the Beatles? Well, my, my, I've got the rock band, and, and it, one of the discs is uh, Beatles songs, and I just started playing with them, and I got obsessed with the Beatles. Same with Pink Floyd. I saw a kid, middle school kid with a Pink Floyd t-shirt. I went out of my way to say, how do you know Pink Floyd? Well, my mom and dad love them, and I hear them playing it. Now I love them. And that just inspires me. Because I think, I think you and I are in a similar age range, yeah. and there's something special about the music from the 60s, 70s, right? 100%. Oh, my gosh. You could put that in a capsule 
and just put it on a special place on the shelf because it'll never be here again. Uh, sorry, people from the 80s, but disco killed it all. And that's no. Hey, I like the Bee Gees. Video killed the radio stuff. Casey and the Sunshine Band. They're fantastic. Okay, but don't get me wrong. There's no era of music that I don't appreciate and enjoy. But something special about the classic rock from the 60s and 70s is a special place in my heart. And I know it is for you, too. Oh, yeah, and, and plus the, the, it, it sounds best to me on crackly vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> Vinyl's making a comeback. My son wants a vinyl record. For the first time in you know, whatever, 30 years, it uh, since like eight, yeah, 86 probably or something, it, it surpassed CDs and sales. Did it really? Yeah. My son, he's 24 mm -hmm. years old. That's what he wants for Christmas. Turntable? A turntable. But now Sweet. they're all digital. They're Bluetooth. You can burn a vinyl's record to an MP3 yeah. to play in your phone. Sure. So I'm going to give him a really nice one. Nice. Yeah. Nice, yeah. My, my uh, mine's not that high end, and it's not uh, my listening environment isn't all that proper. You Do know? you remember the Beatles' Red and Blue album? It was the collection oh, of album. Of course, yeah. Um, when I was in and college, two, and I love the picture. Yeah. You, on the red, they're all young, and, yeah. people, and then on the blue, they're just all drugged out, and their hair down to the. I know. Back. In college, and I had that red later, album yeah. on a turntable, mm -hmm. and I got broken into. I got robbed. And a lot of stuff was stolen from me in college. and But that Red album was on the turntable that they Didn't stole. Get, oh, oh, no. No, man. I'm still mad about it. 30 I mean, years a, later. 40 years just later. Just greatest hits right there. It was their they're, greatest hits. They did it by years. Yeah. A, a window of years. Yeah. But that, but I think I need to get that album back. You know, I don't I don't have the, those on vinyl. I have a, a box set, a uh, leather-bound box set of all their albums but that yeah. was like a compilation album yeah and i've got those on cd but i've never touched those things but they're about worthless right now so they're you yeah know. you know what's unique about the beatles um i played in a classic rock band and i've seen a lot of bands um you don't often hear uh, a lot of bands play the beatles because it's more difficult than your average rock band there was a lot of music theory and we talked about theory earlier there's a lot of musical nuances that the Beatles interjected that your average um, you know, rock bands aren't comfortable doing because it's difficult. It's challenging. You can't do it justice unless you have that extra level of talent. How about that? That's why when I saw Beatlemania down at the Cobb Energy Center, mm -hmm. I was in awe at their ability to recreate the essence of what the Beatles were because you may not even hear it when you're listening to a Beatles song, but someone like me who has devoted all my years and, and studies in mm -hmm. music, I'm like, that's a major seventh chord. You know, there's some dissonance there because there's, he's a half step lower than him. So I'm analyzing it from a music theory perspective, and I'm saying that's what makes the Beatles unique. I think that's what George Martin brought to the table. Yeah, yes. And they, they taught each other. Another band like that is Queen. And you don't hear a lot of bands play Queen songs. Maybe the easy ones, you know, Crazy Little Thing Called Love. That's easy to play. But Bohemian Rhapsody, show me another band that can do that. Well, the vocals alone. <laughs> oh, there's a great Netflix on that, on the vocals. A great Netflix show about the mixing board. You've got this one with four channels. Uh -huh. They had one with like 60 channels. <laughs> and they, they break down uh, the vocal harmonies of Bohemian Rhapsody and all the stacking that they used back in those days those overdubs were a, that, that was high tech stuff 
and it took master engineers to pull it off. And um, yeah, check it out on Netflix. It'll blow your mind. Ah, yeah. yeah. What, what's it called? Um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was. Um, I think if we were to search Netflix or even do a Google search for Netflix Bohemian Rhapsody, I think that it's not the movie. I'm not talking about the movie. Right. It's more like the making of, okay. the behind the scenes in the studio. But I was glued to it. And uh, I would recommend that to anybody listening. Check it out. You'll be amazed. I love all those rock movies. And oh, yeah. Coming out. The documentaries. The rockumentaries. Yeah. Yeah. Elton John one was fantastic. Do you know the song that was the beginning of intense um, music studio overdubbing? It was it was um, the Beach Boys. Can, uh, can you think of what song it was? Um, uh, Good Vibration. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Fist pump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen to that one, and if you really listen to Good Vibrations. That was the first time that some serious effort was put into that overdubbing. And if you don't know what over, overdubbing, it, what it means is, um, Jay, you could sing a line, uh, sing a little melody, and then we could go back and let Jay sing a um, harmony that are different notes but complement that, mm -hmm. and then Jay could come in and do a third line, a, a third distinct melody that is different from the other two, and suddenly we hear three Jays <laughs> singing. Hey, nobody wants that. <laughs> But that's what overdubbing is. It allows you to go back and put music on top of music on top of music. You hear it all the time. You know, I don't have, uh, I'm assuming that's on Pet Sounds. I do not have Pet Sounds on vinyl yet. Oh, okay. There's a handful, like, on my list. That if I'm getting a good little collection now. Are you? Yeah, I've got a lot now. But I don't have Pet Sounds. Um, I don't have Face Value by Phil Collins. It's one of my favorite oh, albums wow. of all time. Oh, wow, yeah. And, uh... uh What's the other? Oh, uh, um, oh, not Jake Isles. Uh, uh, Greg Kinban, that uh, Jeopardy song. Oh, really? <laughs> that's, just, that's a good song. I'm like, I gotta get that done or two. It's kind of fun. Do you remember the first CD you ever bought? The first CD? After or, or vinyl. Just, uh, oh, after vinyl. Well, okay, so CDs emerged out of nowhere after cassette tapes. So yeah. those of you old enough that are listening, we had vinyl forever. Yeah. And then suddenly we had eight track cassettes which you had to um listen abbey road abbey road oh and then cassettes and then regular cassettes and then the introduction of cds was major for me and here's why it was all digital there's no tape rolling there's no vinyl spinning i love vinyl and i love tape but here's where the significance of cds completely 100 percent digital. What that meant was in the music studio, you could have pure silence. So my first CD was a Chicago. I don't remember which one, but I remember the song began with three snare drum hits. So it began with and what I did on my stereo at home was I turned the volume up during that silence between the three snare drum hits and what did I hear? Silence. silence. You never could have done that with a cassette. You'd get a hiss. Oh, you'd get background. a major hiss. So that's the background noise. So for me, as a music listener, mm. the introduction of CDs was huge. But it, now, and me too, but now looking back on it and now comparing it, it seems less 
full and rich. That's the thing. I think that's why vinyl is making the comeback. There's something about the essence of the room. Maybe the air conditioner was on in the background, you know? I, I don't know. Like Muscle Shoals or something about that room down there. I know. I mean, it would be a great dissertation for uh, someone getting Or is it just doctorate. what we got used to? Hey, we, we heard the hiss growing up, and that, I'm, that's what The hiss right makes me. me feel good, because that's what I heard growing up. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a fascinating you know psychological study. What is it about vinyl that's making this comeback? Yeah, it's it's just and you get to hold the album, you get to fan it out and look at and and I get to to read and see who is involved in this and what other artists. Oh, he plays on in this yeah. band, but he sat in on this. That's that interesting. That starts going away because in the yeah, digital yeah, era, you don't get any. You no download it and you play it. Yeah, and you don't even finish the song. You're so impatient. <laughs> you hit the next song. <laughs> You, know, you put on vinyl, you're typically letting at you least just let the, it go. the side play. Yeah, and that's a you know twenty some odd minutes, and that's usually yeah perfect. And sometimes I'll flip it over, and other times I'll go for another flavor. But you're at least getting oh yeah a handful of songs in the order that they're meant to be heard. In the order that they were meant to be heard. Yes, exactly. Back in college, when I was studying to uh, get my music degrees, we would take um, what they called drop the needle tests. Okay, you had to, let's say, a Beethoven symphony. You had to listen to it over and over, and you had to know what key it was in, um, what were the different parts of the symphony, um, who wrote it, how many symphonies did they write, a bunch of stuff by listening. So the professor, during the day of the test, he would drop the needle randomly on a vinyl album. And if you didn't listen to that album a hundred times and study Wouldn't and take notes, when he dropped the needle for five seconds, he'd ask you ten questions about that five seconds. What part of the song was that in? What part? What key are we in now? What instrument has the melody? You know. And so we would have listening parties. Sometimes there was beer involved, yeah, but other times it was coffee. And uh, we would uh, get together, all the music majors, and we would listen to the required, um, and it was often classical. And um, we would listen, and then we would drop the needle with each other. We would quiz each other by Good. dropping the needle at a random spot. Uh -huh. And we would try to guess, where is he going to drop the needle? <laughs> and we would find the hard spots. And block them out so they can't see on the, on the yeah, album. Yeah, because if you can see it, <laughs> you know, can see it on the album. through, that's got to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. That's awesome. So, all right, so uh, you... you Played in the band. What instrument did you play? So in the band? I, um, my major in college, you have to have a focused instrument was percussion. So drums, timpani, xylophone, marimba. I guess I should have known when you did wipeout. That's when I did wipeout. You know. So, um, but then um, I always, always played the piano. Like I told you as yeah. a kid with my yeah. mom. So in the rock band, is that I've the root in, instrument? If you if you want to really understand music, piano is the one because it has the lowest lows and the highest highs okay. and everything's separated visually. Um, trumpet is so arbitrary as far as low, medium, high. There's only three buttons on a trumpet, right? Yeah. There's three valves, and then you got to somehow translate that to an understanding of low, medium, and high. But on a piano, it's all right there in front of you. Yeah. If I look to my left, those are the low notes. Look to my right, those are the high notes. And everything in between makes sense. So I would tell people, get to know the piano. No matter what okay. you play, let piano be part of your life because you'll be able to understand whatever instrument better. So I played the keyboards in, in the rock band. So I got to play like the beginning of Come Sail Away. Um, you what know. an anthem. Oh my gosh. You know, all the cool piano intros, you know, Saturday in the Park. Think about the piano intro on that. Um, 
Runaway. Runaway. The beginning of Runaway. Think about all the cool piano intros that are out there. There's too many to name. Yeah. You mentioned Chicago. I love. Oh my gosh. Group Chicago. I love Chicago. If you check out on YouTube, 25 or 64, they did a live one at like Tanglewood. Okay. I think. Yeah. And yeah. The the Terry Kath. Yeah. The guitarist. Oh yeah. Holy cow! That that's got to be the best guitar solo song. Yeah. That version. Ever. I okay. Mean, he goes bananas. I have and to find that. Jimi Hendrix said he's Terry Kath is the best guitar player in the really? universe. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I got to go back and find yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but check it out. It, yeah. it, uh, it'll blow your mind. Now you, now you know the guitar solo that is typically ranked number one in the universe. Ooh, what? Comfortably numb. The guitar solo in comfortably numb. There's actually two of them, but. Um, you look at polls, you re, you go to Google, whatever, yeah. those awesome guitar solo will often be, or comfortably numb, will be among the top three. How about that? Yeah. yeah. And of course, Eddie Van Halen, um, yeah, any number like, I like of his. What David Gilmore can do with, with the yeah. fewer notes and make each and each I know. note count there more. Are like an old blues. Uh, like old, uh, there are dozens of YouTube you know, videos of people trying to emulate that King or comfortably take one note and really make it just count more than just all this flashing all over yeah, and playing all these notes. Yeah. And, you know. But slow it down and make it meaningful. Yeah. yeah how about that? Yeah. yeah. I respect that too. Right on. So, uh, other technology things. You're doing uh, stuff in oh, the yeah. retirement so, world. Yeah. We, we started our, um, you know, you and I met, Jay, with a, I, I think I came in and bought some golf stuff from you. And I said, I'm, decided to try some new stuff after 30 years of teaching I'm retired and you lit up and you were like I gotta get to know this guy because what's he gonna do so um I got I'll get into music you get into golf yeah exactly and so um I am obsessed with golf when the masters come out comes Mm -hmm. on in April I'll have five different visuals I'll have a laptop an iPad a TV here a TV there just to get the essence of what's going on at the masters so I love golf play golf and I'm obsessed but here's what's great that's happening to me after teaching technology for 17 years I was um, I didn't even ask for this they they found me would you be interested Jim after retirement to do a part-time thing teaching some Microsoft products and specifically in Microsoft we have the Office 365 suite basically what that means is it's the online version of Microsoft Word PowerPoint Excel OneNote the OneDrive so we call it cloud computing and I've been asked many times what is cloud computing it's simple you can define it very very simply by saying cloud computing happens when everything's done on the internet in a browser versus on your laptop on the hard drive like the old days when we you and I were in school we were typing up an essay and we spilled coffee on the keyboard and fried the motherboard that essay was gone today kids today are so spoiled when you work in the cloud you're working on the internet every time you blink your eyes it is saved you could destroy that laptop so what? Go to the next one, there, yeah. log in, and it's there. And people don't people don't realize 
you really should be appreciative of of the essence of how important that is. So I was um, I was contacted by a number of people who knew me, and then outside of the school district, with a company that delivers this Microsoft Teams. It's kind of an, a big umbrella. Uh, Teams is an environment for organizations to work smarter, more efficiently, to communicate, to share, to create in Teams rather than just by email and sending documents back and forth. I mean, how many times have you thought about, man, I got the email three weeks ago about something. I got to go find it, you know. In Teams, you just make a team called Fundraiser. You know, whatever it is, and you know where to go find it. So it's extremely efficient. Oh. And and I'm I don't work for Microsoft. I don't. I'm not a salesperson. I'm just telling you, I got placed in an awesome position of teaching something that I love, and respect, and I believe in. So I've been traveling. I went to Birmingham for two days. I went to Virginia for three days, and I went to Dallas for two days, all in the month of December. And the pay is insane. I mean, unbelievable. So I'm going, if this continues, I'll be making way more than I did as a teacher. And and still getting the money from being a teacher. Right, I know. And it's only a few times a month, maybe. One, Just perfect. It is perfect. I couldn't have scripted it any better because I'm, I'm teaching, delivering something that I believe in. And I have incredible enthusiasm, but it's real. Like I'm telling you, I was in teams when I had my job so I got to live it and, and I'm telling you I've been in it so they see that in me it's sincere yeah. and not only that I put them through it we have 11 laptops always 11 I don't know why and um, that's my uh, no that was my narcos ringtone <laughs> <laughs> so Microsoft um believes that it, a typical training delivery uh -huh. um, in a group of 11. Isn't that interesting? 11. So I get 11. Because you need to vote. Yeah. <laughs> right? If you have an even number, and well, you what do, do you have, think? What do you think? We got five and five. There's right. No, you yeah. have the odd number, just like the Supreme Court. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, that's a great number for a, someone who trains on computers because it's manageable. So um, we have these 11 laptops. Each one has a fake persona. This is a person who's already got files and conversations going on. And I put little name tags out in front of each laptop. And I say, today, what's your name, Jay? No, Jay, today you're Jeff. Oh, so okay. you become the person who that laptop is built for. And then we'd start having communication and dialogue and file sharing. We do video chatting. And I, and I take control of your computer from oh, my computer because wow. you need my help. So I can remote in and you can, I can offer assistance. And... You know, gone are the days that you had to get in your car and drive to help somebody. Now, with a click of the mouse, yeah. you can be driving their laptop from right. a completely different yeah. city. Yeah. So that's what Teams is. It's an environment. It's very specific. But better than that, you might have a team called Play It Again. Okay? But, Jay, tell me two or three um, projects that happen underneath the Play It Again umbrella. Like, give me some ideas like sub-categories, sub-projects, some um, uh, things that are going on. What's going on in the company? Oh, uh, goodness. Um, well, we, Inventory. We, we just did inventory uh, 
couple few weeks ago. So uh, you you could have a, a team called Play It Again Kennesaw. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we have channels, and this is why it makes sense. You could have a channel called inventory, yeah. and you could put only the people in that channel that are involved in inventory, mm -hmm. and then conversations and files happen there. Yeah. See how that it makes much more sense group, yeah. than email. Email is an ocean full of whatever. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, email's great. You need email, yeah. but what this does is, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to sell, I'm just trying to explain it using your company. Yeah. Play It Against Sports would be the name of the team, yeah. and you would have a channel called Inventory, and you might have a channel called? Well, uh, Fitness Equipment or Golf. Exactly. Or, or your, for yours, all the different sports right. could be a channel, and you could put people in the channel. Rentals. Yeah. And then, um, so you have a couple of employees that are especially knowledgeable about golf. Yeah. You might put them on that channel. Right on. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So that's what I'm doing now. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. really cool. Well, I know uh, you'd think being retired, you'd be an easy guy to track down. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Jay and I tried three or four times. I had to cancel. I apologize for that. But I've been so busy. You just, again, rolled in from Dallas last night? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, tra I've traveled, and I hadn't flown for 20 years. I'm, I'm learning how to travel again. Things kind of have changed, fun, isn't it? Oh my gosh, uh, the whole idea of travel has become so easy now using your phone and the apps. The people at the airport are putting their phones yeah. um, to to zap the uh, boarding pass. <laughs> Nobody's printing things out. They'll hand them to you, but you know, um, it's unbelievable. The I restaurants. I still like, for some reason, I still like to print something out. I still use my phone to scan it, but it's like, oh, what if you left your phone in the in the what if the battery died? Or what if the battery's dead? Or what? I mean, you know, I like come on, have a backup. <laughs> I like to have the paper too. I'm like, like you. shoot, I lost my phone, or phone's not here. Let me pull my sheet of paper because I'm yeah, prepared. it's in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, traveling is cool, and the airports and the restaurants, Maggiano's in an in airport, airport yeah. and um, well, it's like a ballpark. I mean, thank goodness they finally have better food. Than oh my gosh, all these places. I love the way things are going. You, you see the pot belly subs? I haven't heard of that one. In my opinion, that's the best uh, like lunch sub sandwich. Oh wow! Ever pot belly. Pot belly. Are they around Atlanta? Not yet. Uh, I wish they would. That, that's ironically. Um, I lived in Chicago. There was one um, location, pot belly subs. It was an antique store, and the guy started. He had like one of those little ovens, like yeah. you see Quiznos or whatever, and he just kind of run the sandwich suit. Oh, cool. And so you know, he started slinging sandwiches, and it overtook his antique store business right wow. and uh, I thought it was the greatest thing on earth and he was already you know well established as a, as a lunch place by the time I rolled in there but that was our deal we'd eat there twice a week easy and uh, I met with him brought financials my wife and I and they're like dude I want to open another like maybe yeah. a dealership or we do this or that and at that time he wasn't even really uh, hadn't really thought about like multiple locations you know, uh, whatever uh -huh. and uh, literally within a week I stumbled into played against sports because I, I half mentioned it to a friend and he goes, they got an 800 number, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of just went down that road. Yeah. But uh, you know, now I'm starting to see pot belly subs in, in different cities. Okay. And I think that's we awesome. need one here. I wish and I hope they're you know, because yeah. globally because um, they're really really they're Italian sub with they put hot giard hot giardinera peppers on there. Ooh. Oh, man. Top of your head sweat. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yum. So I'm learning to travel again, and one of the uh, pieces of advice people are telling me is, 
wherever you go, ask the locals where to eat, right? And then you lit up Great when advice, I said yeah. that. And so I, 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 went, I tried an experiment. Jay, I was going from the ho- from my workspace back to the hotel. It was lunchtime. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to let the Uber driver tell me where oh, to eat. Because they're going to know. And so I got this Uber driver. He was cool. And I said, listen, man, I'm kind of uh, obsessed with good burgers. Yeah. Like, really good burgers. Yeah. And I'm in Dallas. Think about that. Be City there. that size. There would be dozens of places. You're not going to believe where he told me to go. He goes, trust me. Just trust me. Go to Denny's and get, and he told me a specific burger to try. And I said, Denny's, that's Waffle House quality. He goes, wrong. (laughs) Mega wrong. He goes, trust me, you'll thank me later. And you know what? I wish I could get in touch with that Uber driver because I don't even know if I you can. You probably can't. Sure, you. Uh, I can look it up on my app. man. You got it in your pocket. I know. I've got to look on my app. It's on the cloud. But, but Jay, <laughs> shoot him a bigger tip. Jay, I'm sitting here eating this burger at Denny's, and I can't wait to go thank the chef back there. His name it's was that Asus. Good. It was unbelievably good. Every bite, I was savoring every bite. This, yeah, I don't. Like I am. That. I am not paid by Denny's by any means. <laughs> but I'm telling you guys, your maybe, mushrooms got a good burger too. They do. Go figure. I mean, really, it's really good. Yeah. Now, could it have been just that Denny's, or is it all Denny's? I don't. I wouldn't know. I don't know. But you, you, you know, a lot, a lot of beef and cattle in Texas. I don't know. Maybe they get like a. That's true. We are in Texas. I'm telling you, Jay. It was probably the best burger I've ever had. That's a leap of faith when you're like, okay, I'm all into this. I'm going to let this guy decide for me. I did. I took the leap of faith. I said, I'm going to go wherever he says. And, uh, yeah, Denny's. Denny's. Right. Well, every bite, Jay, was was heaven. (laughs) Can you believe it? Well, that's how life is, you know. Well, that's a good place to stop right there. Let's stop on that mouth-watering thought. <laughs> oh, I'm Jay, that was fun today. talking to you. Today. Oh, you're an easy guy to talk to. Uh, Thanks. I, we could go all day. So, oh, uh, music uh, and technology. Right yeah. on. Well, uh, Mr. Jim Barry, appreciate you coming to the play more studios and uh, <laughs> yeah thanks for inviting me man I you're welcome that. i just i just knew you'd be uh, uh worth listening to and i enjoyed our conversation uh, last time you were in the store and i appreciate uh customers like you uh who are who are doing their thing coming in uh good attitude and uh just involved and and having fun it's real inspiring and yeah. there's no doubt in my mind that's why your mom's in her 90s and Yes. You're probably going to make it there, too. There's yeah, and every time I play golf, I lose a head cover, and I come right here to get another one. <laughs> We've got them. Just three ninety nine. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks, Jay. All right, bye-bye. All right, hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, this has been brought to you by Play It Again Sports in Kennesaw. And if you like the Play More podcast, just please do us a favor. Uh, subscribe. Uh, you can rate and review it. Share it with anyone you think might like it. Uh, Don't forget, you can always email the show at surferj1 at gmail.com. That's S-U-R-F-E-R-J-A-Y, the number one, at gmail.com. And I'll reply. Also, you can check us out on Instagram at PIA Sports Kennesaw. Uh, So, just go take care of yourself and be strong, safe, less vulnerable, and be able to do the things you want to do and play more.